0: Catch up on all the live shows right here on AfricaTechRadio.com.
1: We look at the topic battle against Lupus with tech. The battle line has been drawn. Lupus is a complicated and unpredictable autoimmune condition that affects nine more times women than men and was considered to be rare in Africa but now health experts are discovering that insufficient resources and lack of awareness were masking a significant prevalence of lupus on the continent with the lupus disease the body attacks itself potentially causing irreversible damage to organs or tissue Common symptoms include fever, joint pain, skin rashes, mouth ulcers, and fatigue. And those are symptoms that are shared by many other illnesses, making lupus very hard to diagnose. In the developed world where lupus can be caught and treated early, the disease is usually not life-threatening. In the developing world, however, mortality rates are high. An estimated 5 million people worldwide have lupus. More than 90% of people with lupus are women, and lupus most often strikes during the childbearing years of 15 to 45. African Americans, Latin Americans, Asians, and Native Americans are 2 to 3 times at greater risk than Caucasians. The SLE Lupus Foundation estimates that 1 in 250 African American women are affected by the disease. In the past, lupus was often deadly, but current treatments can relieve symptoms and delay the start of complications, increasing the chance for a normal lifespan. We can actually win this battle against lupus if we know all we need to know about this disease. I have an expert in rheumatologist, join me on the show. He is a professor of medicine and a consultant rheumatologist. He graduated from the University of Ibadan Medical School in 1973. He had his residency in internal medicine and rheumatology in UCH Ibadan and the St. Bartholomew's Hospital in London. This he completed in 1982 with FMCP, thus becoming the first physician in West Africa to specialize in this specialty. He was also the first West African professor of rheumatology. He also has other fellowships award, FWACP, FRCP from Edinburgh, FRCP London, FRAC, and he has the highest award in rheumatology specialty, which is the Master Rheumatologist of the American College of Rheumatology. He was the Foundation Vice President of the African League of Associations of Rheumatology, AFLA, 1982, to 1994, and is the current president of the association. He has worked and lectured at UCHU, University of Ulorin Teaching Hospital, Ilorin, Olabisi Onabanjo University Teaching Hospital, Shegamo, Sultan Qaboos University Hospital, Sultanate of Oman, Lasucom, Lasuits. He has more than eighty publications in international and local journals. His landmark publications on such tissue issues as SLE, Juvenile SLE, inflammatory myopathies. Clerodema rheumatoid arthritis are amongst the most cited on black africans his name is professor femi adilowo hello prof good afternoon
0: Hello, good afternoon. Thank you. How you. are
1: you? I'm very well, sir. Thank you for joining okay. us on the show. How are you today, sir? Yeah.
0: thanks for inviting me to the program.
1: You're welcome. It's such a pleasure to have you today. All right, Doug. First, the lupus disease is not a widely known disease in Africa, and it even affects more women than men. So I have two questions. First, why aren't we all that aware of this disease in Africa? And the second question is, why does it affect more women than men?
0: first of all for your first question why is there no awareness rights in africa primarily because many of the clinical features the presentations of lupus are similar to other diseases number one number two not many doctors are aware of the various ways this condition can present neither the doctors nor the patients I think the third reason would be that the specialists who normally manage these conditions called rheumatologists, they are few and far between all over Africa. Nigeria has maybe the second highest number of rheumatologists south of the Sahara. South Africa has the highest number and that's because in South Africa there's quite a large population of even non-blacks I and mean, there are lots of Asians and whites and the doctors there have a higher awareness of it all. Those would be the major reasons. Now, why does it affect women more commonly than males? It's not that it does not affect males, but for every 9 to 10 females, for instance, that it affects, it should affect only one male. So the proportion of female to male is quite wide. The reason is is that our immune system is what protects us against germs, what protects us against any foreign object, any foreign substance that comes in. Our immune system is actually modulated by the female hormone, estrogen. And we all know that females have excess estrogen compared with males. Males do have estrogen too. You may be surprised. But the estrogen is more in females than in males. So because of that situation, the estrogen will be the hormone that modulates our immune reaction. That's why it is commoner in females than in males.
1: Wow. Now, doctor, seeing this prevalent narrative, first, you've mentioned that we don't have so many rheumatologists in Nigeria. That's one reason why we're really not aware of it. Seeing that there's a low awareness concerning lupus in and Africa, what do you think then in your own words can be done to change this narrative? Like how do we implement our fight against lupus? Well,
0: first of all, you know, I think one of the ways to increase awareness is the sort of program we had yesterday. We had a robust program yesterday. I was involved in two of them. One was a physical meeting with patients who have lupus. That was organized by the Nigerian Society of Rheumatology, and it's held at the Lagos State Teach University Hospital. Every year, we mark the World Lupus Day on May 10th, and it's all over the world. And we've been doing this for several years. So that's one way we increase awareness. There were television stations, there were radio stations that came there, and by such dissemination of information, we increase awareness. Another way we increase awareness is, of course, by educating even our local patients that come, and many of them will now serve as a magnet. In, for instance, advising other persons who may suffer from such condition to ask them to go and see rheumatologists quickly. Another way is continue medical education. We have programs for a set of doctors who normally will see these cases, general practitioners, orthopedic surgeons, because anytime people have problems with their joints, they normally would consult orthopedic surgeons. But we try to educate the orthopedic surgeons as well that for the medically treatable cases, they should be seen by rheumatologists. So these are the various ways and oftentimes also we have people writing articles for newspapers increasing and educating patients or the whole society at large. So these are the various ways that we can enlighten our community or society.
1: Okay, basically saying that there's a role that the media has to play and assess that public sensitization forums, conferences will also help to raise awareness, right doctor?
0: Yes, that's correct. And of course, you know, another route of awareness is by teaching medical students. Presently, because we're having an increasing number of rheumatologists all over Nigeria. Presently, we have more than 50 practicing in virtually every major zone in Nigeria. It is now important for such rheumatologists to make sure that such conditions are put on the curriculum of the medical students so that we can get doctors early enough to have an awareness so that by the time they come out, they will not be dumbfounded when they see some of these cases so that's another route that we take you know, in terms of disseminating information on this yeah, uh, yeah. and by the way you know SL is not the only autoimmune disease there are so many autoimmune diseases and when we talk about autoimmune disease we're talking about the body being at war with itself. it is quite a strange concept to so many people but the situation is this our body has what you call the white blood cells the white blood cells are the soldiers of the body and what the soldiers do they protect the integrity of the body against invaders in the human body they also protect the integrity against what they call mutation mutation means that cells in our body just go all right and begin to divide in an uncontrollable way So the white cells protect us, you know, and they prevent jams from taking root within us. But for some reason, which we still do not know, these white cells that should protect us. Now, some of them decide to gang up together and sort of do a coup, coup d'etat, against the body by attacking the body they're supposed to protect. So when that happens, we call it autoimmune disease. And autoimmune disease can be anywhere in the body from edge to toe. It can affect virtually any structure in the body. It can affect the skin. It can affect the brain. It can affect the heart, the lungs, the kidneys, even the womb. So everywhere, where we have these white cells that are protecting us, where they can get to, you know, they can also uh, create havoc in those places. So SLE is one of the autoimmune diseases. There are many other autoimmune diseases that we see.
1: Wow. While I was researching and preparing for this, Prof, I read that the cause of lupus remains unclear and that there is currently no cure for it. Thus, why is this and isn't that a terrible challenge that we face? Well,
0: you know, unfortunately, there are so many afflictions of mankind in which there are no cure. For instance, hypertension, there's no cure. Diabetes mellitus, there's no cure. And so many other afflictions of mankind. Now, when we talk about a cure, what it means is this. You have a condition. You use medicine for one day, for two days, or for whatever period. That condition goes away, never to come back again. And you don't need to report to your doctor again. It's gone, it's gone. But many afflictions of mankind, including lupus, are such that we don't have a cure because... The situation or the changes going on in the body causing the complaints, the clinical features, they are there all the time. So what we talk about, we talk about management. When we treat hypertension, we say we are managing hypertension. Nobody, no doctor can come out and say I've cured hypertension. No doctor can come out and say I've cured diabetes. So, many afflictions of mankind, they've gone on over a long time. We only talk about their management. Now, let me just give a qualification of that management. We can effect what can be a semi cure in that all those companies will disappear. But that's because you are still taking medicines. We want to be very strict about the use of language. A cure means no more medicine. So, we can affect what in this type of condition we call remission. Remission is a cure, but that's because you are still taking
1: medicines. So, what about the cause, uh, Doc? Is there any reason why lupus is here? What actually are those things that cause lupus?
0: Well, presently, we don't know but we think is an interplay of something in the environment. And there's a lot of work going on as to various suggestions that can be in the environment, for instance, excessive sunlight, for instance, drugs, for instance, some cosmetic products, for instance, some viruses, some bacteria, and then there is also the elements of the gene. That is, there's a match between something in the environment and the gene, and the gene is what constitutes each person. That's what makes me, for instance, different from you. Our gene genetic makeup are different. So there are certain genes present in the body that sort of act as magnets for these germs to grow. And when those two things match, the environment factors and the genetic factor, when they match, then the result is depends of this disease. Another factor is the hormones, you know, because of the female hormones, estrogen hormones. So that also seems to play a role in this. Most conditions that we deal with, including diabetes, have a genetic predisposition to it. That's why sometimes it runs in families. So it's a compilation of those factors that now precipitates what you would call lipus.
1: Okay, all right, let's go to what tech is doing and how tech can help us in the battle or in managing lupus. There's more to treating disease than just finding a target and hitting it. And according to New York Times, they've reported that scientists at the University of California in San Francisco, they once developed an innovative way to engineer genes of the body's immune system to treat immunological diseases like lupus. But coming to Africa and Nigeria, have there been any technological innovations to deal or to help manage Manage lupus.
0: Well, first of all, let me say that, you know, many of the things that you read are still experimental. So they are not in practice. Secondly, for you to do such groundbreaking research, you need a lot of money. I'm not talking about a few thousand, I'm talking of millions of dollars, which is not available to researchers in Africa because you as well know that our poverty level is so low, our investment in science is so low. And therefore, for us to really do such groundbreaking research, you need quite a lot of things. Money is is a major factor. The infrastructure that you need for such laboratory experiments, these are all things that are not available in the country. So a short answer to your question, no, there's nothing happening like that in Africa and those are the reasons.
1: Wow. So there's the absence basically because of funds, right?
0: Yeah. Fund mm-hmm. then infrastructure. I mean, obviously when you do research, you must have regular debt supply. You know, you must have certain very heavy expensive equipment. And I'm talking about equipment that run to millions of dollars. You know, we don't have that. And then, like I said before, whatever you read in papers, are still all in the experimental stage. What we handle are things that we know already that are working. And anything in the experimental stage cannot be applied yet until we have concrete evidence that it works.
1: Okay. Okay then. Okay, now that we know that there's really nothing that has been done on ground or there's no groundbreaking innovations yet to deal with this, I think we have to go back to that very popular saying that prevention is better than cure, right? So is there a way to prevent lopos from hitting us at all? Because what can be cured is better prevented. Is there?
0: Well, that's true. I mean, whatever we can do to prevent it. Now, Unfortunately, I must confess, yeah. Unfortunately, because of the complexity of development of lupus, we do not have a magic drug or a magic intervention that will prevent it in those who have a genetic predisposition to it. We don't have it. You know. It's like, well, if you have the genetic makeup to develop it and the right environmental factor is there, it's invariable that you will develop it. Because we know it runs in families, is to do certain blood tests. For instance, the offspring of a mother who has because it's female to female, we do certain what you call serology. You know, there's a particular one we call anti-nuclear antibody which is the hallmark of the person. We do that and monitor it in such a way to see when they begin to develop the symptoms and signs. But to prevent them from developing it, we still do not yet have anything to that. And that's not only in Nigeria, all over the world. So it's almost like it's invariable that there's no thing that you can do, nothing that you can say. That may prevent it in those who are predisposed to it.
1: Wow. So that's something we must establish on the show today that it's a big challenge we are facing in its diagnosis, in its prevention, in its treatment. Lupus still has, I mean, the treatment still has a lot to be done about it. Final words, Doc, as we celebrate the World Loopers Day and knowing and having established the fact that we don't have room for that on ground now, what will you have to say as regards this disease that is very difficult to diagnose?
0: It's not as pessimistic as you're making it sound. For instance, you know, no matter what you do, people will still develop hypertension because there's a family gene making them predisposed to it. And you can only treat them once the diagnosis is made. People will still develop Maybe for diabetes, for the, the, the intervention that we can have. For instance, if we know somebody is predisposed to diabetes, we advise, for instance, that it should lose weight, that should avoid high carbohydrate diets, that should exercise. Those are things we can intervene and change. But in lupus, there isn't anything we can change. We can't change the gene, neither can we change the environment. Now, the final word is says, you know, When people talk about lupus and they say it is rare, it's because they haven't come across them and they haven't been to a rheumatology clinic where we see these cases. So how should we know when somebody has lupus? In Nigeria, they have a characteristic way of presenting. First of all, they present with a recurrent fever. And that fever can go on days on end and is variously diagnosed as malaria is very diagnosed as typhoid and even sometimes you know if it persists for so long people start talking that oh is this hiv is this tuberculosis so fever is a very common presentation among our patients and because many of the presentation are like malaria there's a delay then secondly they can present with joint pains then thirdly they present with extreme fatigue fatigue is very common in the You they wake up in the morning And just don't feel like getting up. Then they can present with sores in the mouth. And then they can present with hair loss. They comb their hair and they find the hair falling off. A few of them do present with chest pain, you know, which can be so troublesome. And if it goes on over some time, they develop fluid covering their lungs, which is called pleural effusion, or even fluid covering their heart, which is called pericardial effusion. Then they can present, you know, with kidney problems. As a matter of fact, many of our patients present initially with evidence of kidney damage. They present with kidney failure, and it's only when we investigated them that we realized that this was due to They can also present with severe anemia, and a few patients have had to have blood transfusion over and over and over again. And then they can present with sometimes seizures in which they develop epileptic seizures. So the presentation is so vast. And therefore, if you have symptoms that is not responding to the initial treatment, please, you should consult a rheumatologist. That's number one lesson. Number two is that this condition is not due to a spiritual attack because almost all our patients, when they come, they are told that this is a spiritual attack. Somebody is sending arrow at them or they are stepping on some jazz. And also because of that valuable time is lost. Thirdly, I think once the diagnosis is made, it is important, very important, that you take your medicines. Your rheumatologist can consult or ask share your management with other specialists. If, for instance, the skin which can be involved, you would have to share your management with a dermatologist. If the lungs are involved, you would have to share your management with a chest physician. If the kidneys are involved, you would have to share your management with a nephrologist. So you sometimes need a team approach in the management of this patient. Those will be my last words. And then to recognize that this condition is not rare after all.
1: Absolutely, it isn't. Thank you very much. We've been speaking with uh, the very first rheumatologist in uh, the West Africa. He's the very first physician to specialize in rheumatology in the whole of West Africa. He's a professor of rheumatology and is very vast in this issue. I think you can judge yourself. I was speaking with Professor Femi Adelowo. Thank you for doing this with us. So we sincerely appreciate it.
0: Thank you very much and bye-bye.
1: Now, we must understand that lupus is not a death sentence, okay? With the right meds and the right physicians and caregivers involved, lupus patients can have kids, you can hold jobs, you can lead productive lives like anybody else. All you have to do is ensure that you are diagnosed early and then stick to your meds. When you feel anyhow, please say something. When you see something, say something.